chapter 1. We're going to start tonight in verse number 7. That's what we're going to be looking at. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now, two different things we can look at in that passage of Scripture. One is something that God has not given you and something that God has given you or made available to you. Amen. So we need, to, we need to separate the two arenas and to realize where they come from. God has not given us the spirit of fear. If we've got the spirit of fear, we need it booted out. We need it kicked out. Because what it's going to do, it's, it's, if it's there, it's came to set up camp so it can be used to steal, to kill, and to destroy because it's part of the works of darkness. And we need to treat it that way. Do not play with it. Do not toy with it. Put it in its place just as soon as it raises its ugly head. Start taking authority. We've got authority in the name of Jesus to take and to open our mouth and to speak. In fact, the Word of God tells us to cast down imaginations and anything that lifts itself up against the Word of God. And that's exactly the way that we've got to work with this. And not only that, but what has God given us? He's given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. These are characteristics of God. That's why it's safe to say a spirit of. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So you can't be wrong by saying that love, because love is the characteristic of God. If you can get a spirit of fear, what'd you get when you got born again? Is it the truth? You got a spirit of love. Amen. You got a spirit of power. Yes, amen. Spirit of a sound mind. Now he wants us to do something with this sound mind. He wants us to renew our minds so that it will be sound. Amen. Next scripture I want us to look at is Galatians four, Galatians 5 and verse 6. Galatians 5 and verse 6. And it says, for in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, 
but faith which worketh by love. So Jesus is not looking at your pedigree. He's not looking at the way that you were raised. He's looking for one thing. He's looking for faith in a person, but he's looking for a particular type of faith in a person. You know what kind that is? One that works by love. Now, if love has to work by love, then there's something that can stop it from working. If, or if faith works by love, then there's something that, stop, that can stop it from working. If we're not operating in love, we can bypass part of what God is saying. See, because there's people that's got a lot of faith in a lot of different things. There's a, that's what, one of the reasons why Jesus in Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, and 25 in that segments of scripture, he says, have faith in God. There's a lot of people that have faith in this, they have faith in that. He said, bring this thing back home and have faith in God. Amen. So, for the God kind of faith to work, that's the God kind of faith is the kind of faith that speaks and mountains move. Now, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. <clears throat> Starting in verse number 1. The words of the Holy Ghost through the Apostle Paul. Though I speak with the tongue of tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity or have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tingling cymbal. I'm absolutely worthless. I'm just making noise, but accomplishing absolutely nothing. And anything that we do for the kingdom of God, or it's got God involved in it, we want to be accomplishing something. Every time we open our mouth, we should have a desire that I'm accomplishing something for the kingdom of God. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, this is mounting, moving faith. And have not charity or have not love, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods and feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Now, God wants us to have a profitable life. In order for us to have that profitable life, that love that he's talking about has got to be in operation in every phase, in every segment of our life. Mm -hmm. The love of God. Mm -hmm. The love of God. 
It's one of the reasons I believe in Galatians where he says, faith worketh by love. One more scripture. Go to 1 John chapter 4. Now John speaks a lot about love. Did you know that he was called the apostle of love? He was the one that said that Jesus loved him more than he did the others. Was Jesus more partial to John than he was to somebody else? No, but I believe that there was something in him that was pulling on the gift that was in Jesus. There's a gift that's in each and every one of us. And we need to let others pull on that gift. And we need to develop it in love. So look at verse number 18 of 1 John 4. There is no fear in love. That's a good day, eh? There is no fear in love. Why? How can I have no fear? And how can there be no fear in love? Because perfect love casteth out fear. Or it drives it out. It expels it. It can't live in the same house together. It's got to move. Because fear hath torment. And you know good and well, if you have had any type of heavy depression or oppression, or you were tormented by it, you know how much mental anguish goes along with that. God, that's one of the things about the sound of mind that he's talking about in power and love. To expel these things and drive them out. For he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now, I'm thankful that God doesn't leave us hanging. Mm -hmm. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we would know what's the hope of your calling and what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe according to the working of your mighty power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places and I ask that you would grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for divine utterance tonight. I ask that you would help me to communicate your heart to us, your people. Yes, and I thank you for it yes, in Jesus' name. Now, I read all of those 
first scriptures because all of them, like I said this morning, have a common thread of tying something together. And the common thread that is in all of those passages of scripture is dealing with love or the God kind of love. You know, all, all loves are not on the same plane. What I mean by that, there are some people that say, I love food, I love chocolate cake, I love this, I love that. That is a, a type of love. I love my children. I love my spouse. That's another type of love. I love humanity. But the God kind of love is a higher plane than all of these other loves. These other loves are, are kin to it. But one of the things that makes, especially in human relationships, about the God kind of love versus natural human love, natural human love, you can take and love your spouse so much that you just want to eat them up. In fact, one man said this. He said, when we were dating, I loved her so much I wanted to eat her up. And after we got married, I wish I had. <laughs> Things weren't going quite as, as well as he had planned. But if it's not going as well as it's planned, we have the opportunity and the means to change relationships if we choose to. This God kind of love is not a selfish love because here's kind of the way that it can work. Sandy, we can be all lovey-dovey. You know what lovey-dovey is, don't you? And I can say one word out of place. And lovey-dovey just flew the coop. Uh, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Natural human love can turn to hate overnight. It can become indifferent with just one word or one statement. We've all been there. We've all been there. So there's none of us to say, well, you know, you, you're talking about so-and-so. No, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about us. But God wants us to grow in this God kind of love because this God kind of love is the way that he operates. And this God kind of love is the way that the kingdom of God operates. Now, how would you like it if there was a problem that was like a mountain? And you spoke to it, and it moved. You would like it. I'd be praising God. You would be praising God. Now, what he wants us to know is that we have the ability to do that. Amen. We do have the ability to do that. But a lot of times, one of the things that's a killer for it happening with us is we get 
bent on ourselves and we think that we're so unworthy because we start stepping out of love and we beat up ourselves and are hard on ourselves and it hinders us from, from getting a hold and getting into or pressing into the things of God. Because it's God's words in our mouth that speaks to the mountain and the mountain moves. It's God's faith that speaks to the mountains and the mountain move. It's God's faith that speaks to situations and changes situations. But when it comes to the point and we have to back up and, and look at just a few things if something didn't move, one of the first places that we should be looking at is how am I doing in my love walk? Because the scripture said, not David, scripture said that faith worketh by love. So not working by love can stop faith from working. Is that true? Sure. So if we want to see the hand of God move in our lives and in our situations, this is a lot bigger deal than just what it says. Well, I love my wife. Well, thank God you love your wife. You're supposed to love your wife. And you love your husband. And thank God you're supposed to love your husband. Well, is it just for us too? No. No. The love of God compels us to love more than that. It compels us to love on a deeper plane. It compels us to love someone that we wouldn't necessarily want to love. Jesus is the type, he's the personification of the love of God. He, how did he come with us? What kind of state were we in when Jesus came to us? We were lost pitiful creatures without God. But Jesus came and loved us anyway. Now, the part that I want to dwell on tonight is in verse number 18 of 1 John 4. There's no fear in love. Now, <clears throat> how many things get you anxious and work you up or trouble you inside? Or what are some of the things that do that or have that effect on you? This is where being brutally honest with ourselves comes into play. Because if we're going to have this to operate in our lives, then we're going to have to, to do it God's way. And one of the ways that works is we've got to be honest with ourselves. Because this fear, and you know, is there certain things that you will not do because you're just, Scared? 
Some people don't like to stay in a house by themselves. Some people don't like to go somewhere by themselves. I'm not talking about being stupid. I'm talking about being scared. I don't want to go anywhere alone. You don't want, you don't want to go anywhere alone. And there's some people, if, uh, if they're out of work, there's a fear of losing everything that you have. There's fears that can be connected with all different types of things in our life. Fear of losing our health. Now, God doesn't want us operating in a fear in any way, shape, form, or fashion in our life. Now, if you are or we are, and I think there's areas probably that we all are, but what God is endeavoring to do through Jesus' work <coughs> on the cross, his shed blood and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, is to drive that thing out of us so that that thing does not a handicap. You know, you've seen people that were blind, but they still live life. You may see them walking with a cane. You may see them walking with a dog. But they're still living life, but they can't do some of the things that a person could do that had eyes. They're handicapped. Same way with somebody that's deaf. And they can't hear what's going on around them. They live a life, but they're, they live a handicapped life. They can do a lot of things, but they can't do everything that you can do. And these things, God wants us in every area of our life to be an overcomer, to be liberated from, so that, so that we're not a handicapped people. It blesses my heart to see somebody that has taken a handicap and overcame it. Instead of sitting home crying because they can't do this, they have enough faith and enough get up and gumption that they get up and go after life. Amen. Now, a lot of times they have a process for overcoming to be able to do that. Now, will we allow just fear to stop us from doing what we need to do or from doing what God wants us to do because some of us might say, well, I'm not getting up talking in front of nobody. That, that could be a fear. I'm not getting up and singing in front of nobody. Oh, yes, I'll sing in the shower. <laughs> but I'm not singing anywhere else. Now, this is not pick on Johnny because there's areas in every one of our lives. Amen. Now, what I'm saying to us is this. Don't allow that fear and give into it before that thing gets a grip on you. Because once you get something that's got a grip on you and it started to take and set down tentacles and start growing in you, you'll find it's a lot harder to root it out than it is to root it out before it gets so rooted. Now, this fear is not a healthy thing. 
There is no fear in love. Now, one of the first things that that tells me is that if I've got that fear that's operating in my life, I've got something else that's not operating on the level that it should be. <coughs> because if it was operating on the level that it should be, the fear would be dealt with. Is that a fair enough assumption? He said, there is no fear in love. So that tells me if I'm operating in a in a fear <coughs> that the love level in me is not where it needs to be. And you can use that for any area of, our, of your life. Now, I don't want nobody to get under condemnation about this. God is just showing us a way because he wants to bring us up. Jesus died on that cross to liberate us. He did not die on that cross for us to stay bound in any way, shape, form, or fashion. He came to liberate us. And we're living below what we need to be living. If there's a fear that he's not going to take care of me, if there's a fear he's not going to be he's not going to provide for me. If there's a fear, I'm going to go hungry. If there's a fear, I'm going to be homeless. If I'm going to fear that my health is going to go by the wayside, it doesn't matter what it is. Any of these fears have something that's attached to it. And the thing that it is, is torment. And it will plague you and eat on your mind It'll cause sickness in your body. Just that. Doctors tell you, you need to lower your stress level. How am I going to lower my stress level? I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared this is going to happen. Love is the healer. Amen. Love is the deliverer. Love is the salvation. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Now, a lot of times we get this, if somebody had a demon spirit in them, how would you get it out? You cast it out. A lot of times the church has this mentality, I'm going to pray it out. You don't, you don't pray to the devil. You don't play. You don't play. You don't, that's right, no. You don't play with the devil. You cast him out. When the legion, the man with the legion came to Jesus, Jesus didn't say, Father, please take this devil out of this man. He said, no. Get out. And for us, the power of authority that's there, get out in the name of Jesus. And take authority over that enemy. Now, you say, well, you would do that with a demon spirit. Would you do it with fear? It's the same kind of fear. It's the same kind of thing. It's a dark spirit. 
don't play with it in your life. If you find yourself in areas where you are scared to do something because sometimes there's a fear of rejection. There's a fear of somebody not liking you. These other fears that I was talking about a little bit earlier, they will handicap a person from doing a lot of things that they would normally do. And sometimes somebody will just sit home because they're scared to step out. We were just talking the other day about somebody and uh, it was something about driving. They had, they had vertigo. And they could drive, but they said, I'm scared to drive. I might have this vertigo come on me, so I'm just going to stay home. And somebody can take and give in to something for so long until that thing has an authority over them. Now, I'm not against using common sense at all. But these things have torment, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that are scared to do something and there's a lot of people that won't do something for the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God needs us. So that's one of the reasons that he wants this fear to be driven out of us. He wants you to step out in faith. Amen. But if we're not stepping out in this love, you can forget it about stepping out in faith. Mm -hmm. Love is the, is the thing that's behind it because love is the very nature of God. It'll cause you to step out when you for somebody else when you wouldn't even step out for your own self. Faith, faith, you would do that. Yet a lot of times you'll find yourself, well, I'll pray for somebody else when I wouldn't even pray for myself. Have you found yourself in places like that? That's the love of God motivating you. Well, he wants the same love motivating us in all of the different arenas in our life. Perfect love casteth out fear. Why do we cast it out? Why do we take authority over it? Why do we not give place to it? Because fear hath torment. Now, when I think about that word torment, I don't think of nothing good whatsoever. In fact, I think it's evil. When I think about somebody being tormented, being somebody being vexed, there, that's a dark, a dark thing. God does not want that dark thing having control over us in any shape, form, or fashion because it torments us. Aren't you glad God delivered you from that stuff? It's not peace. Huh? It, that's it, exactly, it's the lack of peace. It's just a totally opposite from it. And the love of God wants to take and set us free from it. He wants us to operate in another level and in another arena. But we've got to recognize it for, you will say, but you know, what do they call it? Psychiatrists call it phobias. We give it these here sweet names. Well, they're hideous and ugly. A phobia 
is something that you're scared of. Call it by what it is. A spirit of fear. Don't give place to it. Some people scared to be in a small room. Some people scared of a spider. Some people scared of a mouse. Oh. Whatever you... There's probably many people scared of those things, aren't there? Pardon? I don't like them either. I had a teacher that said he had a remedy for this. He said, um, he said some people love to handle snakes. He said, I love to handle snakes. He said, I love to hoe handle them. Now, that's, that's the attitude. That's the attitude and the, and the way that we should be looking at something from the enemy. Not to be tormented by him, but put the hoe handle on him. Now, the hoe handle for us is using the name of Jesus and taking authority over that thing. Not to give place to it. Because if it's there, it's not there to just play nice. Because the enemy never plays nice. He's, there's something that he's always after. And he's always after to steal, to kill, <coughs> and to destroy. So we recognize it for what it is. But perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. For he that feareth is not made perfect in love. That's pretty heavy. But it's a locator. It says that the one who's operating in fear is not made perfect in love. So it would stand to reason that the one, if you're not operating in fear, you've been made perfect in love in that particular area. But one of the beautiful things about it is it gives a remedy. It gives a remedy. If I will be made perfect or mature in love, I can take care of the fear. I don't need to be in condemnation because God has given me a way that David could be fixed. I don't have to stay in like a doctor would say, there ain't nothing else that we can do for you. We have plummeted the depths of medical science and there's nothing at all that we can do. Jesus says, there is a way. I have the way. Choose this way and you can get delivered from this. You don't have to be bound in your mind, in the spirit of your mind. But you can be set free. He said, how can I do it, Jesus? He said, perfect love. Perfect love. We'll say, well, how in the world do I get perfect love? You know what I would encourage us to do? If you find yourself in arenas and areas in your life where there's a fear that torments you. Take the time to start studying out and looking up scriptures on the love of God. How bad do you want to be free? That's the question right there. 
How bad do I want to be free? Oh, I, I want to be free, but I don't want to do nothing. You won't be free, yeah. No, you won't be free. Noah has been working on some things that I've had some exercises for him to do. You can see a lot of difference in him. You sure can see it. You can see it on his face. Mm -hmm. You can look at his countenance. You can see it change. Thank God that you listened and started applying those things because, of, because the Word of God's got the power of God in it to change your situation. And I can look at you and tell it's changed. Ain't it the truth? Yeah, Everybody in here can see it. Thank you, Lord. I asked Noah tonight. I said, are you still doing your homework? He said, yes, I am. In fact, I've memorized those scriptures. Yeah, praise God. And that's the way that it should be. We should be rehearsing these scriptures until they start becoming a part of us. That we're, we're renewing our mind. That we start thinking about these things so that they can have an influence. And what they do, they will uproot, they will cast out, they will dispel, they will drive back that work of darkness. Because perfect love. Now there's something here about that word, perfect. And I'm, I think about this and I think about my mama and Mr. Lowry when we first started the band at Crestwood School. I was in probably, I think, seventh, eighth grade, somewhere in that neighborhood. And my mama made this statement to Mr. Lowry. Said, um, practice makes perfect. And he said, nope. He said, practice makes perfect only if you improve. See, there are some people that keep practicing, and this is one of the things that I say about people with jobs. If you want to learn to do something, and you've got a zeal and a heart to learn a particular vocation or something that piques your interest, you find, that, you find somebody that's the very best at what they do. And spend as much time around them, and if you can, work with that person. Because that person is going to teach you good habits and good ways of thinking. And there's some things that's going to be ingrained in you that you won't get any other way. But if you get somebody who does the job, but does not do the job well, you know what you will pick up? You'll pick up all of their bad habits. So practice makes perfect only if you improve. And perfect love is a love that's perfected. And it's a love that's matured. And there's a love in us that can be perfected, get, that can go supersede and go beyond our wildest dreams of what God could do with us and through us if we side in with him and allow this love of God to work. It can cast out the I can and put in the I can. In fact, here's a picture of perfect love. I can. Perfect love says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
That's a picture of perfect love at work. Can you see how one would torment you? I can't do this. I can't change my situation. I'm locked into this. I'm handicapped. I'm like the person who can't see, but I'm scared to leave the house. Thank God for the person who can't see that has overcome that thing and said in their heart, I'm not staying in this house another day. I'm going out and I'm going to see what this world smells like. I'm going to see what it, what, it, what it feels like. I can't see it, but I'm not going to be shut up in this house and not experience what I can. You remember when we first started in school and they, would, they told you the uh, story about Helen Keller? Somebody tell me about Helen Keller before we leave tonight. She was blind, deaf, and dumb. And she had a teacher that taught her with water. She had a teacher that taught her, but she had a teacher that loved her. Helen Keller is a picture of that love working. <coughs> This, this woman didn't take no junk off of her, didn't feel sorry for her, but she did not want to leave her in the state that she was. That's a picture of Jesus with us. He looks at us and he sees what we can't do, but he sees the potential that we can do. And he's endeavoring to get us to move in line with him. So, Ruthie, you said she, she used the water. To be able to teach her. Yeah. And she overcome. Did she, did she get her sight back? No. Did she get her hearing back? No. Was she able to speak? No. But was she able to communicate? <coughs> yes. <coughs> she overcome that thing. Because somebody. Was willing. <coughs> to love her. And well, I tried this way and it didn't work. I tried that way and it didn't work. So I sat down and quit. Have you ever done that? No. Oh, we've all done that. I always go back to it. Always go back to it. I get tired of something and get frustrated and take a few minutes and pray and then go back to it. And it works fine. Praise God. God answers prayers. And we need to take and we use them, we need to use that in every area of our life. That's a good message for all of us. I remember when I was learning to ride a unicycle. And I thought I was just gonna jump on this thing. And I was gonna pedal us like the clowns in the circus. And I was gonna go just where I wanted to go. And it wasn't going to be no trouble to me whatsoever. But I found out that it wasn't that easy. In fact, I was riding it and busted my toe. And when I did, I got angry with it. And I took it in my hands and I threw it under the old woodshed, under the car shelter. And it's sitting there. And every time I walk past, I see it in there. And I still remember that it busted my toe. And I don't like stuff hurting me. You know, you, you, you get what I'm putting down? I don't like stuff hurting me. But I don't like stuff whipping me either. 
So I went in there and got that thing and started working with it and started working with it until I could hold up on the fence and keep my balance. Then I had these sticks and I could take and look like a blind person. <laughs> had these sticks and pedal a little bit. Then I got to the place that I could ride without the sticks. But I didn't always, the sticks helped me get on and the fence helped me to get on. But you're not always around somewhere where there's a fence or a pole to get a hold of. So I had to learn how to get on it when there wasn't nothing around. And in every area of life, if we will be consistent and persistent, instead of I can't or I won't, if there's a giftedness that God's put in us, then he wants that giftedness to be used for the kingdom of God. Because that's one way with us using that giftedness for the enemy to be expelled, to help somebody else. It might be our very testimony that touches their life. And he wants to use everything about us. If there's something that we can do, he wants to use it. You're a blessing to the kingdom of God. Stand with God loves me too much to leave me like I am. God loves you too much to leave you like you are. He's got a plan and a purpose for our lives. Father, I thank you for your holy word. I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to be bound with the spirit of fear. We don't have to have an I can't attitude. Perfect love casts out fear, drives it out, expels it, casts it out. Jesus, I thank you that you want us liberated, set free in every area of our lives. Help us to cooperate with you. Help us to see our potential. Open up the eyes of our understanding that we would comprehend your heart for us. Use us for your kingdom work. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.